0: Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness at grand Canyon university. We believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose by honoring your career calling you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The following show is just horrifying. Beware. Hey folks, I have a fun one in store for you guys today. Today is, there's no uh, folklore in this episode, today is strictly story time. And do I have a doozy for you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by the wickedly talented Jesse Pullens. His book, Silent Screaming, A Handful of Horror, which this story is actually out of is available on Amazon. I'm going to put the link in my show description. You guys are definitely going to enjoy it. I cannot wait to narrate this. And uh, this is a name you guys are going to hear pretty often on this show, I have a feeling. This story is, it's, well, you'll see. I'd like you all to accompany me on a voyage through imagination. A place that lies just between shadow and light. And as Mark Twain puts it, A place where the truth is sometimes stranger than the fiction. I'm Christopher Feinstein, and this is Haunted American History, Campfire Tales. Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com haunted. I'll see you there. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Every day, I drive to my local gas station and smoke cigarettes on my lunch break. I work in assembly on a clean campus, and there's no smoking on the premises. Luckily, the gas station isn't far, and I get to have about 20 minutes of peace and quiet to decompress. I do the same thing every time, meticulously watching the clock on the dash while my lunch break ticks away. There's a line of parallel parking-styled spots on the side of the building, and I pull up there enjoying my first smoke while I watch the corn sway in the wind while the radio plays softly. The gas station is less than a mile away, but my job is located outside of town in the country, so the space between places is filled with nothing but a cornfield, trees, and a stretch of power lines running high above. It's a very peaceful, rustic getaway, and oftentimes I zone out staring off into space, watching the corn sway as my eyes wander aimlessly. Three days ago... I saw something staring back at me. I don't know how long it had been standing there before I noticed it. At first I acknowledged it like one would notice a tree they hadn't seen before. Suddenly becoming aware of an existence that didn't matter. Except this tree was humanoid in shape. And by the looks of it, it didn't have any skin. It was a few hundred feet away, but there was no denying the fact that something was terribly wrong with it. An icy chill immediately ran up my back, triggering all of my nerves while I shifted uncomfortably in my seat. I looked around to see if anyone else had noticed it, but everyone was just going on about their business, pumping gas or hurriedly leaving their car to head inside. I rubbed my eyes and looked again, swearing it had just been a trick of the light. Not only was it still there, it had moved closer. It had drifted out of the corn slightly, leaning against the leg of a tall power line it was under. I could see the slight deviation of movement while it stood there, like it was breathing heavily and stopped to catch its breath. Even from so far away, I could see the specks of white for eyes staring at me, and an overwhelming feeling of foreboding tunneled towards me. It felt like I was going to be hit by a car, or a plane would crash on top of me, it's, it's hard to explain. It just stood there, staring at me. As the seconds melted to minutes, I snubbed out my smoke and did what every other rational person would do. I grabbed my phone and tried to take a picture of it. It stood there while I opened the app for my camera, holding the same stare as I tried to get the camera to focus. It finally did and I slowly zoomed to try and get a decent view of it. But as my thumb tapped the button to capture it, it disappeared. Not like I looked away and it was gone, it just vanished into thin air like it ceased to exist. I sat there for a time afterwards, unable to shake the feeling that something was very wrong. The longer I sat, the more I wondered if I had just imagined it. Maybe the days of lack of sleep, fatigue, and stress were piling up and I was starting to daydream. Maybe I had dozed off and didn't notice. The days had felt so much shorter since daylight savings time. Maybe it was just a case of the seasonals picking away at my brain. I kept thinking of scenarios to justify such a thing, even as I pulled out of my parking spot and headed back to work. I kept looking back to the empty spot in the corner under the power line, expecting to see it again, but I saw nothing. After I punched back in, I asked some people on the same line as me, ones that I knew who would go also and smoke during their allotted time on lunch. I wasn't the only regular there, but I was the only person that saw it. Most told me I needed to get some sleep and stop staying up so late. Others suggested that maybe it was a deer, or maybe someone who lived out in the boonies trying to make themselves viral by scaring people in the corn. In the end, I laughed it off, but throughout the day, I was unable to shake the feeling, stricken from what I saw. The dread continued to stay with me, even after I punched out for the day and headed home. It persisted through the night, and it made me paranoid when I hung out at home, even as I crawled into bed. I tossed and turned for a while, thinking of the red humanoid shape lingering in the distance. I kept waking up and looking out the doorway, expecting to see it. Each time, nothing. But the feeling of unease persisted, even as I felt myself succumbing to sleep. That night, I dreamt of walking through the cornfield. Chilly wind tossing my hair and whipping at my clothes. The corn swayed in the gust, a steady dance that moved across the crops as far as I could see. It was peaceful, but engulfing, an intimidating embrace that made me feel small in the vast expanse of it. Dried husks crackled under my feet, and the mud tried to steal my shoes. I don't know where I am, and I start to feel the swaying stalks close in on me. Above, the power lines reach toward the sky, looming over me like a sinister lighthouse. I look away from the swirling gray overcast, following the legs of the power line. I squint through the stalks to see, and I see a dark crevasse in the ground ahead. Beneath the power line, there's a cellar door, hanging open, beckoning me. I wake to the sound of my alarm, drenched in sweat. A fog swirls in my head, oddly hung over from a sober sleep. I look to the doorway of my bedroom and find it empty. The sense of dread continues to loom. I get ready for work and head in, thoughts of corn and the cellar door racing through my mind. I can't shake the thought of it, and it begins to pester me through the beginning of my shift. I try to busy my mind and focus on work, tightening fasteners on the brackets of air compressors and running rubber hoses as the clock ticks away. Even as my hands work monotonously, I feel the weight of eyes on me. I constantly look over my shoulder, but there's never anyone there. On my lunch break, I decided to return to the gas station. I convinced myself that I'm just being crazy and there's no reason not to go and enjoy my daily smokes on my break. Just the thought of them sounds so nice. I pull up to my usual spot and light up. Feeling the weight ease off my shoulders after the first drag. I sink into my seat, keeping my eyes closed as I ignore the cornfield next to me telling myself over and over, there's nothing there. I gather the courage to open them and look into the cornfield. The power line stands directly in the corn, and I feel myself sweating as I trace the length of the spire to the ground. Beneath the tall structure, there's nothing. I breathe a sigh of relief and laugh at myself, nearly coughing as I wipe the sweat from my brow. There's no skinned man, only corn swaying in the wind. I feel better having conquered the fear. I turn my music on and a familiar song crackles over heavy static. I try to tune the dial but the distortion only grows the more I tamper with it. In the end, I turn the volume way down and decide I'm gonna run into the gas station to buy an energy drink. I suddenly feel parched and the feeling of ice cold electric sounds too good to pass up. I shut off my car, get out, and stop. The skinned man is standing near the gas pumps peeking out of me. His eyes are bright white and beady, his stare freezing me to the core. His limbs twitch and he takes his step out from behind the pump, a bloody trail smearing the pavement with his footsteps. I break out of my fear and look around to see if anyone else sees him, but nobody does, it's like he's not even there. Even as he takes another step towards me, a woman in a hatchback pulls past him, nearly grazing him. His skin is completely gone. Steam radiates from his exposed bloody muscle. Steady drips of red trickling down his arms and legs. He appears genderless, but his build is masculine. As the woman next to him gets out of the car and starts fueling, his mouth slowly hangs open, and he starts to scream. A scream that nobody can hear but me. I get into my car and I leave, tires squealing as I turned around in the lot. I keep watching him. Terrified he's going to suddenly give chase and rip me out of the car. But he only reaches for me slowly, like he can barely move. When I haul ass down the road, I watch for him in the rearview mirror. He lowers his hand and vanishes. Nobody believed me when I got back to work. I talked about the man with no skin and his screams that no one could hear. The reactions were less entertained than the day before. Those who didn't laugh excused themselves awkwardly. Those that did neither, just looked at me like I was crazy. My shift crawled for the rest of the day. I was incredibly anxious, cold sweat dampening my forehead as I looked around cautiously. Everywhere I looked, I swore I saw the skinned man, but only to see an empty aisle or a part rack instead. People tiptoed around me or avoided me entirely, not wanting to draw attention to my increasing paranoia. I kept hearing his scream the dry cry of an out-of-tune orchestra. Thinking of it and seeing his open mouth made my skin crawl. Once my shift was concluded, I punched out and left work without a word. On the way home, I kept looking around, still unable to shake the feeling of someone watching. I kept feeling someone staring at me from the back seat, breathing on my neck. Each time I would turn and look, there would be nothing. Once home, I stayed inside for the rest of the day. I locked the doors and preoccupied my mind with watching TV, hopping restlessly from one streaming service to the next in search of something to draw my attention. I would occasionally peek out of the windows of my apartment to make sure he wasn't there, but would only see the occasional passing car. Everywhere I looked, I saw those damned eyes staring at me. That night I fell asleep on the couch, a muffled drone of an anime playing from the television. I don't remember when I dozed off, but I soon found my tired paranorma easing into a restless slumber. In my dream, I returned to the corn. I was looking at the power line, watching the tower above me. At my feet was the open cellar, an echoing wind whispering from the dark opening in the muddy earth. Above, the sky swirls gray, and I look down just to see myself jumping in. I fall for a long time plummeting through the darkness silently. There seems to be no end. In the darkness below, I see a faint glow, a glimmer of light approaching me. I reach for it, hoping it will stop whatever is transpiring. As the light drifts closer, the darkness explodes with sound, the sound of an out-of-tune orchestra. I wake up covering my ears, the sounds brutal and deafening now that I'm awake. My apartment shakes under it and I look around to find the source, only to end up screaming. The skinned man is on my balcony, his mouth opened wide in his silent tortured scream. He places his hands on the glass of the slider, leaning in to see me. The feeling of primal fear swallows me and I fight the urge to cry. Vomit churns in the confines of my stomach. As suddenly as my dream ended, the skinned man vanished, once again leaving an empty space in his wake. I spent the rest of the night cowering in my room, hiding under the blankets and flinching at every sound. I slept restlessly, plagued by thoughts of being burned alive, my screams echoing over in the cornfield. Today I woke up to my alarms, flinching over the thought of the out-of-tune orchestra. I crawled out of bed slowly, my limbs aching from my restless sleep. The thought of getting ready for work fled my mind, and I thought of only the power line in the cornfield. I looked outside and saw the sky was unusually gloomy. My skin crawled with goosebumps that refused to leave and my hair stood on end. Even in my groggy state, that feeling of being watched refused to leave. I looked everywhere for the skinned man, begging this to stop. It has to stop. I-, I can't keep doing this. Today I got dressed and headed to work, but called off in the process. I followed the same route of my car, but instead of turning into my work site, I kept going until I found the nearby gas station. I pulled into my usual spot, shakily inhaling a smoke as I looked at the field of corn surrounding it. The power line stood tall, almost menacing in the dark swirl of gloom in the sky. It has to stop. It has to. I snubbed out my cigarette and exited my car, feeling the chilly wind assault me as I closed the door behind me. I thought of calling the police, but I didn't know what I would tell them. Every scenario I imagined ended with me just being called crazy. My feet moved on their own and I swallowed hard as I started walking in the direction I had viewed so many times on my lunch break. The grass faded and the corn began and I made my way into the deafening sea of husks ahead. The stalks were loud and cracked under my feet and the mud sucked at my shoes. I tripped and stumbled on the uneasy ground and I grabbed the stalks in an attempt to keep myself balanced. My legs burned and the crops scratched and whipped at me. Soon I felt lost in the corn, every step closing me off from the outside world. The corn stalks were taller the more you went in, until eventually I felt like I was being swallowed by it. I kept my eyes on the power line above. I decided I would look there, and if I found nothing, I would turn back and go home. Maybe then I would get help. Just as I was getting used to the crunch of my footsteps, the ground started to even out and I found myself in a small clearing. Four large metal posts stood on each side, posted at the corner of the clearing. I could hear the creak of metal swaying in the wind and I felt myself shrink as I looked up. I was now standing underneath the power line, next to the leg where I had first seen the skinned man a few days ago. It was eerily quiet in the cold clearing. Moss and dead grass covering the churned mounds left behind by excavation. I felt the strong urge to run back to my car, but every time I closed my eyes, I was reminded by the same piercing stare and scream. If I went back home, I would just go back to hiding in my apartment. I looked for a disturbed dirt, for a grave, for a body. What I found was nothing but cold dirt and dried husks, with the occasional rock jutting from the earth. I didn't know what I expected to find, but I found no skinned man, or no signs of there ever being one. The corn swayed in the circle around the clearing, and I felt foolish for wandering out here by myself. The wind picked up, and above the power lines creaked. I watched the electrical lines sway in the sky, and I felt small and out of my depth. What was I hoping to find here? A skeleton laying in the grass? Stupid, I thought to myself. Walking all the way out here with not even as much as a shovel. My hands started to ache from the cold and I found myself shivering. There was nothing to be found here. Maybe I did need help after all. I turned around to leave, my cheeks burning with frustration. I felt my eyes water, the helpless draw of tears, ready to further my own embarrassment. There's no skinned man. You're just crazy. You're fucking crazy. As I sulked back to the edge of the clearing, something caught my foot. I tripped and stumbled into the mud, looking back at whatever I had to hold on me. It was heavy and cold, and it kicked up a line of dirt in its wake. It was a metal chain. I looked at it dumbfounded, the links heavily rusted and caked with dirt. I untangled my foot and held it up and followed the source of this mysterious chain. I got back on my feet and gathered the slack, staring at it for a moment before tugging on it. The lead disappeared into the earth in front of me, directly under the power line. The chain was cold to the touch, but I wrapped it around my hands and started to pull. The earth fought against me, matted weeds and mud slinging as I ripped it from the ground. I pulled and pulled, digging my heels into the ground as I yanked it free. It caught suddenly, and I put all of my weight behind it, running backwards until it suddenly broke loose. In an uproar of debris, I fell flat on my ass. And in front of me, a wooden door flung open. A whisper cooed from underground, and I climbed to my feet and walked to it. It was an entrance to a dark pit. A crude ladder leading the way to an unseen destination. My mind begged to call the police. My body pleaded to go home. In the end, I did neither. And my shoes soon found the rungs of the old forgotten ladder. The light above shows a floor of damp dirt and bones, long decayed and hidden in the dark. The passage wasn't as long as I thought. It went down about 10 feet, and I expected it to open up into some grand chasm below. But when the ladder came to an end, I found only a corridor, a 10 by 10 room carved deep into the earth. The light from above pulled in, cutting through the haze of dust and stagnant air. I squinted through the heavy particles in an attempt to see what the light seemed to be avoiding. Once the dust began to fade... I could hear the whispers growing, a hushed chorus that called to me from the corner of this derelict hole. The walls are etched with erratic text, words toppling words in an indecipherable message. I want to read the words, but I'm drawn away, my focus pulled to the corner where the light shines the least. In the corner is a brass chair, and sitting in it, corpse with dozens of limbs. I wanted to look away, but I couldn't. The mummified, curled hands demanded my attention. It looked like a human, its skeletal frame filling the entirety of the throne-like seat. Empty eyes and a hanging mouth. Its extra bony arms fanning out like wings. A gaping hole sits in the center of its chest, like something had been ripped out of it. Impossibly proportioned and long dead, the being dedicated several appendages to the object it held in its lap. A glass orb, radiating the slightest shimmer of red. The whispers were coming from it. I remember being unable to lift my eyes from the orb. It drew me in, its whispers beckoning me to the dying glow it held within. The corpse stayed frozen in place, its decaying frame getting larger the closer I got. It wanted me to take the orb. It was offering it to me. I reached out and touched it, a static aura tickling my fingers as they drew near the glass. I wanted the orb. I needed to hold it. Nothing else seemed to matter. My fingers hovered around the glass in anticipation, and a strange heat billowed from it as I prepared to lift it. I looked into the corpse's eyes, twin skeletal voids that watched me from its petrified husk. Just as I grabbed the orb, the corpse's jaw clacked, The orb exploded with red light, and with it, an unimaginable heat. The red glow consumed me like a raging fire, engulfing me until it covered my entire body. I tried to swipe it off of me, but it started to burn, a wicked chemical boil that seeped into my arms and legs like acid. I watched in horror as my skin started to part with me, bubbling and oozing until I was left with nothing but bloody meat. It collected and twisted in front of me like paint, a writhing mass that slipped through my fingers when I tried to grab it. My strength began to fade, and my legs no longer felt capable of holding me. I collapsed helplessly to the ground, glaring at the orb in betrayal as it shined bright and decadent. My muscles felt the pain of every speck of dirt, every piece of gravel that scraped mercilessly into my exposed flesh. The pain was unbearable a never-ending scream across my entire body. The mass of skin contorted and flexed, stretching out across the corpse and its many limbs. It webbed between every finger and over every dry tendon, new life taking shape and cracking as it coated over the nightmarish husk. The arms. So many arms. Assisted in the new fitting, pulling and tugging until the garb was complete. I could only reach out in my misery while it repaired itself the horrible form worsening the longer I watched it mold. Joints popped to life. Thin eyelids blinked. Once the form was complete, the gaping chest cavity quivered in agitation before my unclosable eyes, the being picked up the orb with its many hands and buried it into its chest. The cavity sealed on its own, tendrils of thin skin stitching itself until the red glow was no more. While I lay helpless on the cold and painful dirt, The being rose from the chair, standing and stretching tall before hunching over on its multiple limbs. It looks at me for a moment, and lets out an emotionless cackling echo in the chamber before it makes its way to the ladder, and climbs it like a spider. The last I see of the monstrosity is its appendages slinking into the light, right before the door slams shut behind it. I've been in darkness ever since. I don't know how long I've been down here. Hours. Hours. Days Weeks All I know is my constant suffering And my inability to escape it Despite my exposed body I am immune to the cold Immune to the prospect of perishing That's not the only change Since discovering the corpse I can feel an extension of myself And ethereal tether That lets me move beyond my miserable form On this cold earth Some kind of drift between time and space I don't know if it's an aftereffect of the orb itself or my fractured sanity in this tomb I found myself in. I can do other small things, like move grains of dirt or sway the air in one way or another. In an attempt to recollect some of my sanity, I have inscribed my story in the walls of this grave. But the longer time goes on, the foggier the memory seems to get. I don't understand it. I can only hope what I think is transpiring is real and not a fabrication of my delusional misery. I can't go far, but each time I find I can get a little further. I can see the cornfield above my tomb. I can almost feel the air dancing across it. If I focus hard enough, I can see myself. I don't know why they are there, or if it's even real. But if I try hard enough, maybe I could reach them. I need to warn them and tell them to stay far away from here. I need to warn them of the monster I set free. I don't know what it wants or why it was down here, but I fear for the life I left behind above ground. Maybe someone can stop it. Maybe I can stop it. In my shattered mind, I remember where I used to work, where I used to live. If I can find them at the right time, maybe I can warn them. Maybe I can save them. From a demise such as this. I'm Christopher Feinstein, and this is Haunted American History. Story by Jesse Pullins from his book Silent Screaming A Handful of Horror. Available on Kindle Unlimited, Amazon.com. The link will be in my show description. Later, folks!